Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. just um, on the topic of five tips to help us become better parents. Uh, I, wanted to do a, I wanted to do a message just for dads. I wanted to do a message just for moms. Uh, and, and then a, a foundation type message. And I mean, I have like three or four already worked out, but I can't do all that. I can't get them all in in time. So today we're just going to kind of summarize it, if you will, with uh, five tips that can help us all become better parents or help you become a better parent. I love the passage of scripture that I asked Dustin to read this morning out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to draw your attention, and I don't know if you can get the verse up on the screen, Byron, back in the scripture that he was reading. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 6 is the, uh, is the verse I want you to look at. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 6. There you go. Thank you, Byron. I want you to look at verse number 6. It says, these words that I am giving you today are to be where? In whose heart? Your heart, our heart. He's talking about the parents here, okay? Because he's given them the command that they are to love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then they're to pass these commands down to their children. They're to be talking about and repeating these commands and statutes and principles to their children as they sit by the, during the day, as they, as they go about their day, as they lie down at night, as they get up in the morning. I mean, every single day, part of their routine, they're to be sharing these principles of God's Word with their children. But unless it's in your heart, there's no way possible you can do that. So becoming a good godly parent really is, is so crucial that you have a good spiritual foundational relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Now as I've been preaching this series, I've kind of shared with you that's a given through this entire message is that I've been delivering to you, it's a given that you know Christ is your Savior. And everything else, I've been building upon that. But I want to come back to that. If we don't know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and if we're not spending time in God's Word every single day, if we're not cultivating our relationship with the Lord, if we're not reading God's Word on a daily basis, and the author of the Word living within us, interpreting the Word for us, illuminating the Scripture for us, then there's no way we're going to be able to pass that down to our children. So verse number 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, to me, one of the most crucial parts of that entire passage of Scripture. The Word of God must be in your heart. God's parents, every all of us, by the way, this series is for every single one of us. We're all to be reaching down to the next generation, whether we have kids or whether we have grandkids or not. We're to be passing the principles of God's word to the next generation. That's part of the mission of Victory Church is that we love God, love each other and pass our faith to the next generation. That's our mission statement, right? So we're to be doing that. But if the word of God is not in our heart. There's really no way we're going to be able to pass that down, correct? So I think that's very important that we start with, with that principle, that the Word of God be in your heart. So you've got to ask yourself, how is 
my relationship with the Lord? How are things between me and God? Am I spending time in His Word every single day? And friends, if you're not, that's where it's got to start. You know, we can look out and we can blame society and we can point fingers at everybody else and blame everything on, on circumstances and environments that we find ourselves in. But really, it all boils down to, am I spending quality time in the Word of God? And then, am I intentionally passing those down and those principles down to my children? I promise you, if you do that, everything else will kind of fall in place and take care of itself. Right? I mean, you really want to boil Christian parenting down to just one little easy step? I think it's this. Hide the Word of God in your heart. Spend time every single day in God's Word. Strive to live out God's Word every single day in your life. And if you'll do that, I call the rest of it panology. Well, what is panology? That means it all pan out, right? It'll be okay. If you just cultivate a good relationship between you and the Lord and stay in God's Word every single day, everything you need to know about parenting, everything you need to know about life itself, every, every direction that you need when you come to a crossroad in life and you're not sure which way you need to go, every answer to every question you have is found in God's Word. So if we just dig down into the Word of God and live and breathe the Word of God and cultivate our relationship every single day, the rest of these things will just simply fall in place as you are in submission and as you surrender to the Word of God. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, that's really the baseline for it all. You do that, everything else will take care of itself. Amen? All right, with that being said, service is over. You can go home now, right? Now, i got a couple more things I want to share with you here real quick. But I love that passage, verse number 6, Deuteronomy 6. You need to highlight that. You need to memorize that. You need to instill that in your heart. That needs to be what you focus on every single day, having the Word of God in your heart, your heart, living it out, surrendering to it, being in submission to it. And by the way, guys, here's what I discover about myself as I'm reading the Word of God. There's this old-fashioned biblical word called conviction that takes place. And I'm like, oh, ooh, I kind of been letting that area slip a little bit. And then what I simply say is, God, forgive me. You know, I love, I love, 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 love. Not only Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, but 1 John 1.9. I live in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I mean, as I dig into the Word of God and as I read it every single day, the Holy Spirit of God, which lives inside of me, which is the author of the book, illuminates a passage of Scripture, brings my attention to it, and points and convicts and thumps me upside the head. Said, hey boy, you got to do something about this. Am I the only one that happens to? Right? You know what I do then? I say, yes, Lord, I do. Please forgive me. I've let that area slip. You know, I, I find that the Christian life and just life in general, it's almost like, um, you remember the old comedy show of the guy that was spinning the plates on the stick? Right, and he had like five or six of them down through there, and he's spinning those plates and spinning those plates and spinning those plates. And he steps back, and all of them are spinning, and everybody, whoo! Then all of a sudden he looks, and one of them starting to wobble a little bit. Well, what does it need? It needs a little attention, right? It needs some energy applied, the same thing happens in our spiritual lives. There's different areas of our spiritual life that we live out. And if we're not careful, we'll look around. All of a sudden, we have a plate that's wobbling. You know what we need to do? We need to say, God, forgive me. I've left that area of my life 
falter. I'm not, not been living up to your expectations there of what your word teaches. Forgive me of that. And then do something about it. Go spend a plate. Are you with me? All right. So that's my introduction for today. So just let me get, get past that. But Deuteronomy 6.6 6 is so important. Okay. Where does the word of God, where are the commands of God, where are the statutes of God, where are the principles of God to abide first? Where? In your heart. Everybody say your heart. In your heart. Okay. Not your husband's heart. Not your wife's heart. Your heart. Are you with me? Everybody smile at me right now. Let me know you're okay. All right. All right. Let's jump real quick. And these are just five tips. I'm going to hit just real quickly and, uh, and be done. Let me share these with you. Just five tips that can help you with parenting and just to be better parents. And number one is just simply spend quality time with your children. I mean, every single day, week, month, and year, be spending quality time with your children. I know you've heard that from day one, right? That's nothing new, but oftentimes we need to be reminded that we need to be spending this quality time. Listen, it's not just enough to be around them physically. We must be around them completely. Okay? We've got to be involved in what's going on in their life. I know a lot of parents that try to buy their relationship with their children. So, well, if I just buy you a new Xbox or I buy you a new PlayStation or I buy you a new cell phone or I buy you this and I buy you that, all will be good. No, it won't. Listen, they don't want stuff. They want you. Haven't you found that when you go buy something really nice for them that they love the box more than the thing? Anybody experience that? I mean, you go and you get this magnificent thing that you just know they're going to love. And you get home and you unpack it and you put the box aside and you're working on the thing. And the kid's like, oh, I love the box. Right? And you know what they love more than the thing? They love for you to get in the box with them. Hello? So all we got to do to save your budget a few dollars is just go to the recycle center and pick up some boxes. And on the outside of it, get some Sharpies and get in the box with them. Hello? Listen, guys, your kids, they don't need the stuff. And I see parents all the time just throwing stuff at their kids. It's not about stuff. It's about spending good quality time with your kids. Right? And and I've shared this before and I want to say it again. And I know I get a lot of omis and people don't like it when I say it. But it's, it's got to be said in this day of technology that we live in. And listen, I love technology as much as anybody. I mean, I've got the Samsung Almost the newest phone. Have you seen the new 8 that's coming out? <laughs> Have you seen that? Isn't that kind of cool? And man, it's the Infinity phone. And I was watching the NBA or, or college basketball yesterday. And, and I'm like, man, look at that new phone, right? Did any of you guys know what I'm talking Phil, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Listen, I love technology. And I, I, I've got the tablets and the pads. And I love all that stuff. But there comes a time when you need to put this stuff away. Are you with me? And just get out there and get dirty with your kids. I was telling somebody yesterday, I think it was Lexi I was telling yesterday, out here as we were working on the trail. I said, parents need to come and just let their kids get dirty. Get out of the stuff, get away from the technology. Just, just get out here and just have fun together. Just get dirty. It's okay. Right? The point I'm just simply trying to make, and it's, it's nothing new. It's not profound. You've heard it over and over again. But it just simply needs, we need to be reminded that our kids want us. Not just the buying of the stuff. And then when you're spending good quality time with them, you need to be having a conversation with them. Not like this. 
Hey, how was school today? Oh, oh yeah, what, what? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I despise having a conversation with anybody that's sitting here doing this. I'm like, well, what they're doing there is far more important than anything I'm going to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Say amen or oh me. Are you with me? Parents, you need to put this thing down from time to time and spend some good quality time with your kids. Right? Woo! I tell you, nothing can replace it. They'll get older and they'll forget the stuff you bought. They'll forget about the dollars you've spent on them. But they'll never forget about the time that you engaged with them and spent that good quality time with them. I remember a story particularly about my son. This was back when he's a toddler. He's just a little thing. He's not even walking yet. And he's just crawling around everywhere and sitting up and kind of doing that type of thing, pulling up. And, and at that time, I drove a truck for UPS. And I went to work like at 7 in the morning. I didn't, I didn't get home till 8 or 9 o'clock every evening. And we ate dinner late because we wanted to eat together as a family. And, and so whenever I would get home, we lived in a split four-year type home where you walk in the front door and the steps go like that, up and down. You guys know what I'm talking about? So we walked in, and as soon as I would walk in... I would look at the top of the steps, and we had one of those guards across the steps so that Tyler wouldn't tumble down the steps, right? And he would be pulled up on the railing, and he was waiting for Daddy to get home. Now, I'll be honest with you, I was exhausted. I was tired. My particular route, I had about 125 delivery stops. I had to have those done by 2 o'clock. And then I had 85 pickup stops that I had to make. So I was exhausted by the end of my day. But you know what revved my engines was looking at the top of those steps and seeing my baby boy waiting for daddy to get home. So what we would do as mom was cooking dinner and getting things prepared for us late, I know it's too late to eat, but that's how our schedule was, and I would say, okay, there's Tyler. And he, well, you know what he wanted me to do? He would crawl as fast as he could, and in our dining room we had sliding glass doors that went off onto a, a, um, a, a deck that was out there, okay? Now, back in the day, we didn't have those plastic, those, those really nice blinds. We had curtains, okay? So we had this, these huge curtains that extended all the way across the sliding glass doors and went all the way to the floor. So they're from the top of the door all the way to the floor, all the way across. You know what he would want me to do more than anything else? He would make a beeline. He would crawl as fast as he could to the curtain. He'd dive up in behind the curtain and sit with his back against the sliding glass door and the curtains in front of him. You know what he wanted me to do? The same thing. So after driving my UPS truck all day long, I would get on my hands and knees and I would crawl just as fast as I could crawl with him and try to race him in behind the curtain. And we would sit behind that curtain. We had all kind of different toys and different things. We would sit there until dinner was ready and just hang out together. I mean, that's one of the things I remember. This good quality time with your kids. Guys, nothing can ever replace that. Right? That's why all his hair's gone today. The curtain rubbed all the hair off his head, and the curtain rubbed all the hair off my head, and that's why we're both bald-headed today, right? <laughs> Listen, guys, nothing's going to beat it. I tell you, I look back at my life, and I haven't been a perfect dad, and I told you guys that. I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect Christian. 
But I look back in my life and I would not replace anything for just the good quality time that I've been able to spend with my kids. Guys, don't let that go past you because these kids grow up fast. How many have kids now that are adults? Didn't they grow up fast? I mean, you look back around and you seem like, wow, I can't believe they're not just little toddlers any longer. They, they grow up. So just all I want to simply say is just spend good quality time with your kids. Communicate with them. Listen to them. Put the distractions down. Our culture today is so distracted with social media. I'm not against social media. I mean, I enjoy it. I think there's some good things for it. But we are so consumed with that. Put it aside for just a little while. And have some good quality conversations in time. I didn't even share with you one of my pet peeves. And let me share it with you real quick. You know, for us, there's, there's no better quality time that you can have as a family than sitting down around the dinner table eating dinner together. Life is busy. But that's kind of an area that we held pretty sacred. We all come to the table and eat. Of course, unless Duke was playing basketball. Then sometimes we had a few exceptions, but 99.9% of the time it was we're around the table eating together as a family. Right? And then what we would do around the table eating as a family is talk about each other's day. I mean, those questions were just the norm around our table. That's what I'm talking about. One of my pet peeves today is to go out to eat or and see a family of four sitting there. Mom and dad completely disengaged because they're doing this. You with me? Come on, guys. Say amen or old me. We may need to confess right here. They're doing this. How long would you listen to me if I sat here and did this? No. <laughs> they're doing this. The kids, something like this is going on in their life. They're sitting down. And mom and dad have put a tablet in front of them, and they're watching a movie. Are you with me, guys? Kids are doing this. Mom and dad are doing this. The waiter has to get their attention. Hey, by the way, guys, you guys want to order anything today? Oh, yeah, give us this, 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 this. Are you with me? Guys, be aware of that. Just, just be aware of that. Amen? All right, that's all I'm going to say. I really just simply want to try to help you here. So spend good quality time with your children. Number two, I've got to hurry. I've got to get through these. Number two, teach your child to care for others. You'll never go wrong here. Part of our mission statement of victory is love God, love others. I mean, it's very, very important that we teach our kids that the world doesn't simply revolve around them. Right? That we need to show compassion. We need to show concern. We need to teach them how to be caring for others. So we need to, we really need to work on the social aspect of our children and the caring for others. And that can start a lot of times in conversations. Because sometimes in conversations it may go something like this. How was school today? And they share with you a situation that they saw. Maybe they saw someone being bullied. Maybe they saw someone being picked last on a sports team. Maybe they saw someone just being taken advantage of. You know what then the conversation would go? Well, why don't you go to that person and see what you can do to befriend them, right? So there's all types of teaching lessons that you can have about teaching your children this top priority of spending time and caring about other people. You see, I think it's very important that our children hear 
from us as parents that we care about other people and that it's one of our top priorities. Because if it's one of our top priorities to care about other people, then it's going to be one of our children's top priority. Remember Deuteronomy 6, 6, the word of God must be in your heart. These principles must be in your heart. If you're going to teach your child to be a caring person, then you yourself must be a caring person. Amen? Was that number two? That's number three. I skipped number two, didn't I? Okay, I'm sorry. Let me go back to number two. Number two is this. Let your kids see a strong moral role model and mentor in you. Let your kids see a strong moral role model and mentor in you. How many of you guys would agree? That more is caught than taught. Right? You can say all you want to say. But they need to see it. As a matter of fact, your children are pretty much going to act and react and live out what they see you living out. And that's true for point number three as well. If we want our children to care about other people, then we ourselves must care about other people. Hello? We are the primary faith trainers in the home. We influence our children more than anybody else. And it's not always what we say, it's what we do. Because your children will become what you do. What you do is what they become. How many different ways can we say that, right? More is caught than taught. And so I just want you to understand that. Um, and then you get all into all these principles in, the, in God's word about that. I want to get to number three real quick. Actually, number four I was where I want to jump to real quickly. I already dealt with number three. You see that. Number four. Go to number four. ADHD is kind of just... Squirrel, yeah, squirrel. Number four, I like this one. Who said that? Yeah, thank you, John. <laughs> yeah. Boo! You know, you ever have so much stuff that you want to say and, and your, your brain's just full of it and just... That's kind of where I am. That's why I have notes to kind of keep me on track. Matter of fact, you remember... <laughs> squirrel, another squirrel. <laughs> When I was in Bible college, and I'm in my homiletics class, and homiletics is where they teach you how to prepare and deliver sermons, the professor said, boys, he said, you know why you go to the pulpit with a sermon outline? And I was taught with an outline. I don't ever write anything out. I just have an outline, and then just I try to prepare what I feel like the Lord wants me to say, and then I try to be sensitive to the direction he wants me to go when I'm delivering. That's a whole other story. Another squirrel. <laughs> the highway's full of them right now, right? But he would say this. He said, you know why you carry an outline in the pulpit? We're just giving all these very spiritual answers. And he said one word or one sentence. So you'll know when you're done. When you get to the end of it, stop. Have you ever heard that preacher that kind of keeps going on and on and on? That's why I can, I'll never get really to the end of my outline. I get hung up in the introduction, right? <laughs> Number four, get this one. Encourage kids to practice appreciation and gratitude. Encourage them to practice appreciation and gratitude. And once again, parents, you got to be living this out, right? You are the model for them. Live this out yourself. But we need to be teaching this. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. I don't think I have it, Byron, in, in the, on the slides there. Write this down. I don't even think I put it in your notes. But write down Colossians 3 and verse number 16. One of my favorite verses of Scripture. Listen to what it says. It says, let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you. Let the message about the Messiah, about Jesus, dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts toward God. I love that. I mean, that's what we're to be doing. We're to be excited about the gospel. We're to have this appreciation for the gospel. We're to be happy people singing psalms and hymns and, and, and celebrating together. And then, if we understand what really took place at the cross, and we understand how we're saved as a result of that, and all that God has done for us and given us all these wonderful things that none of us deserve, we, our hearts should be overflowing with appreciation and gratitude, first and foremost to God. But then that spills over to anybody and everybody else. I love that passage of Scripture. So we need to have this gratitude. Gratitude is really a, a two-way road with wonderful effects. I mean, people who practice gratitude on a regular basis, they're really more likely to be helpful, to be generous, to be compassionate, to be forgiving, to be happy, to be healthy. I mean, those are some of the, some of the byproducts you get of simply by being a grateful person. So what we need to teach our children is how to be grateful, how to be appreciative of what they have, right? Now, in order for us to teach that to our children, we ourselves must live in that principle. We must be thankful people. Instead of always looking around and complaining about what you don't have, why don't we pause for a moment and be thankful for what we do have? Instead of always looking at your child and saying, why can't you be better why could you have not have done this or that? Why don't we look at them and say, and praise them for what they did do? And be grateful and appreciative for what they have done. Are you with me? And that kind of goes back into last week's message. We're talking about discipline and reward, praising them when they do something right. So really, let's teach our children how to be appreciative. Teach them how to say thank you, right? Teach them how they don't, they don't live in an... In our house, they don't live in an entitlement home. And you get something because God loves you and we love you. Amen? Somebody loves you and gave you whatever it is you've got. So learn to be appreciative of that. It seems like our culture today is so much of an entitlement culture. I mean, every different niche and type of whatever is out there today, it seems like they're entitled to whatever. Listen, we're not entitled to anything. Are you with me? You know what we, well, well, let me back that up. Yeah, well, we are entitled to one thing. Every single one of us are entitled to live eternity in hell. Are you with me? That's what we're entitled to because of our sins. Are you with me? But God so loved us that he gave his son. He redeemed us. Now we don't have to spend eternity there. We can spend eternity with him. For that, we ought to be grateful. And that ought to lead into every single area of our life. Just simply being grateful. So we need to start learning how through our actions, let our kids catch that from us. That we are grateful people. Then number five, and I'm going to be done with this one. It's kind of been all over the place today, but this is the way you wrap it up, right? Or someone say that one time my sermons are like baloney, you can cut them off at both ends and it kind of works okay, right? You just get it. So here we are, number five, teach them to see the big picture. You realize that there's more to life taking place than just that child. There's more to life even taking place than just you and your family. There's a bigger picture. And we need to help our kids, we need to help them see 
the bigger picture. Now, whenever I'm talking about the bigger picture, I'm primarily talking about what God is doing in their life, in our life as a family, in our community, in our church, in our, in our nation, in our world, and help them continue to step back. That will help you not have a spoiled, self-centered child if you can help them see the big picture. That's why I love Joshua chapter 4, and this is where this passage comes into play. When Joshua was leading the people of Israel over the Jordan, and they're going into the land that God had promised them, the land flowing milk and honey, God told Joshua to get 12 stones and place them as a memorial. One stone is to represent each of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes that are going across. And when you get across over there, build this memorial. And the reason that we do that is because in verse number 6 of Joshua chapter 4, in the future, when your children see this and ask you, what do these stones mean? You should tell them. The waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. And when it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water were cut off. And therefore, these stones would always be a memorial for the Israelites. So what we need to do, we need to, we need to create an environment to where we can help our kids see that the world simply does just not revolve around them. There's a bigger picture. We need to help them see that. We need to look for opportunities to broaden or enlighten them to the bigger picture it is of what God is doing in and around our life. Now, that we can do that by helping our kids see that there's a bigger circle than just the immediate family or just them. We first of all got to get them outside of their individual circle, okay? Then come out to the family circle. But it's bigger than just the family circle. It's now about the community and even our church circle. And then it goes our state and our nation and our world. We've got to back up so we can see what, what God is doing, so we can help our kids see that. So we need to help our kids see this larger circle, including kids and people that they see at church, right? Including when our, all of our Awana kids that come to Awana, we need to help them see that God is doing something bigger, right? That's why we come and learn His Word. He's preparing us for something larger as He does things in our life. Do you get my point? Try to help our kids see the bigger picture. Life is not just about them. Life is not just about me. Life is not just about my family or your family. It's bigger than that. And God is at work, and He's a big God. He's working on everything. He never sleeps, He never slumbers. So that's what we need to try to grow our kids to see this bigger picture of what God is doing. Okay? So those are the five tips that I want to share with you, and there's a lot more. Matter of fact, what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be shooting some videos for our Parenting 101 small group, for those that are part of that virtual small group. I'm going to be shooting some videos about some of the roles and things that dads need to pay attention to, and some of the things that moms need to pay attention to, and some of the foundations that we need to build. But through this series, and today's the last one, and bands, you guys can come, and I'm going to be done. Through this series, there's really two foundational thoughts that I want you to remember. Number one is in the very first message I shared was establishing those values and those principles in your home. And those values and principles simply come from the Word of God. Okay? So establish those values. All of those values and principles are every decision that you're going to make is, are, is going to be based off of those values and principles. And then last week we talked about some boundaries for our children. The second most important thing that you can do as a parent, not only 
have the values and the principles in your family that you've gleaned from God's Word. But secondly, place the boundaries in the life of your children. How far they can go. What is the accepted boundary in whatever different situation in their life. So as you have the values and the principles and you establish the boundaries, then from then on, every single day, you're just living out God's Word together. You're having the Word of God in your heart. Deuteronomy 6.6 You're living that out individually in your heart, then collectively as a family. You're passing those values down to your children. Amen? So, God bless you all. Let me pray with you, and then we're going to be dismissed. But let me pray something like this as we close this study out. Maybe you're here today, and things with you spiritually aren't where they need to be or where they should be. Let's kind of get back to the, to the cross here for just a moment. That's where it all begins. That's where our blessings come from. So I wonder right now, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, let me just pray with you. Father, thank you, Lord, for each one that's here today. Thank you, God, for our church and our church family. And thank you for your word, how you lead us and guide us through that. Father, I pray right now for one that may be here that, just spiritually speaking, just things aren't well. They're just not where they need to be spiritually. And as we prepare to go into Easter celebration, now's the perfect time to get everything settled in our heart and in our mind. And Lord, I just pray right now, if there's one that just needs this time of prayer, that you speak to them, that you convict all of us in areas of our life that's not pleasing unto you or possibly just some areas that need some attention. Father, I ask now that as you reveal those areas in our life, that now we would jump over to 1 John 1, 9. It says if we confess that you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord, right now we ask for forgiveness in those areas. We just pray you restore us into a right fellowship with you. We want you to be the Lord of our life. And we want you and your word and your principle to be in our heart so that we can share that with our families. Father, we give you our life today. Forgive me. Cleanse us. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, I pray for those that are here today. For each one that may have prayed that prayer, forgiveness to the parents that are here, for those that are just striving their best to live for you. I pray, God, that you would encourage each one. You would bless every family that's represented, every parent that's doing their best to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. God, bless them. Show them scripture that they need for every decision that they come to. God, move in their lives. Move in our life as a church family. And there's some here in our church family that don't have children. God, help us to see our, our need to be pouring ourselves into the next generation. Help us to look around and adopt some kids, spiritually speaking. Invest in some children. God, show us your way. Help us to see the big picture of what it is, God, you're doing. It's more than just what's going on in my personal life, God. You're at work. Help me, God, to see what you're doing. 
bless each family member that's here. And every individual that's part of Victory Church and our guests today, bless them. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. I'm going to turn it over to the time. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.